This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Lord, Lord is good. Amen. Let's just bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you this morning and we give you all the honor and glory. Father, I ask that you make my tongue as a pen of a ray writer speaking your words. Think through my mind. Speak through my lips. Father, your words. And we just give you honor and glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. Well, the Lord is good. Amen. Well, this is a new month. Glory to God. So we have a new series. Praise the Lord. And uh, we're going to be talking about love and the fruit of the spirit this month. And uh, I'm telling you, the key to walking in the grace of God is walking in the fruit of the spirit. Amen. And if you have your Bibles, open your Bibles to Galatians 5 verses 22 and 23. Glory to God. Galatians 5, 22 through 23. It says here, But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And there is no law against these things. So this is Apostle Paul, and he was really contrasting the fruit of the Spirit with the works of the flesh. And um, I'm going to say this, that gifts are given. You know, I've ministered messages on, on the nine gifts of the Spirit. And, these, and the gifts that God gives us is to really to benefit the body of, of believers. But th- there are actually nine fruit of the Spirit. And really, that's, that's downloaded, if I may, into our hearts. And we, those, I wish it was just given to us. I wish that, um, that the, the fruit of the Spirit was automatically given as a gift to us that we can walk in it without cultivating it. But, um, you know, the fruit of the Spirit you have to cultivate. Boy, it's quiet in this church today. Uh, you have to cultivate the fruit of the Spirit. In other words, to operate in the fruit of the Spirit, to operate in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control, you have to cultivate that in your life. In other words, nobody has to cultivate selfishness. Okay, thank you. You don't have to cultivate a bad attitude. Okay. In other words, we, it, it, it seems like it's easier. How come it seems easier to love God and, and it, it, it's hard to love people? Has anybody ever thought about that? Well, I love God. But, you know, if you're a person that loves God, you need to be a person that loves people. So really, that's the key. We need to love people. So let's talk about love today. And let's look at John, because this is, you know, love is the root of the fruit of the Spirit. And so really, if you're going to walk in, how many people want to walk in joy? Yes. Peace? Yes. Amen. Faithfulness, gentleness? How many people want to walk in the fruit? If you're going to walk in, in, in and that's really in... The fruit is really love, and that's the root that produces the rest of the fruit in our lives. I don't know about you, but I want more joy in my life. I want more peace in my life. Amen. I I want more of that in my life. I want the fruit. I don't want to be operating in in the, the works of the flesh. And, you know, here I like this because when you operate in the fruit of the Spirit, there's no law, which means that when you're walking in the Spirit... There's, there's nothing that the, the enemy can accuse you of. Amen? Because the devil is constantly accusing us. He's looking for weaknesses in our character. 
And he's trying to bring them up to God so God will judge what we do. Amen? But, you know, God judged our sin on the cross when Jesus went to the cross. But still, we still have to walk right and we still have to have right attitudes. Or we can open the door for the devil to come in. And he can, you know, exact, you know, judgment is really is the grace being lifted off our lives. And so we don't want that grace or are we walking out from underneath the grace of God. Amen. So let's look at this. Let's look at love for a little bit. Let's talk about love. And um, in John 13, 34 and 35, this is a, a new commandment. And it's interesting, you know, I was studying this. It's interesting that this was really at the end of, uh, of Jesus' ministry. He's been preaching for three years to his disciples. And he's about ready to go to the cross. And then he says right at the end, a new commandment I give you. <laughs> Think about that. I, I don't know if they could have handled it at the beginning. Because, you know, the, you know, the Jews, it was an eye for an eye and a tooth for a tooth. You smack me, I smack you back. It was more like, you know, the old covenant was hate your enemies. And so Jesus is talking about loving your enemies. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? Love those people that are unlovely. And so Jesus was ministering all of that. Then he finally says, a new commandment I give you right at the end of his ministry. Why? Because it's not easy walking in love. Because it's a process. Are you hear what I'm saying? Right before Jesus said a new commandment, he washed their feet. Think about this. He washed the, the disciples' feet, the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings, got on his hands and knees and washed the disciples' feet. Amen. Let's have a foot washing next week. No, I'm kidding. But are you hear what I'm saying? What was he saying? He was saying, you don't understand what I'm doing, but when I am gone, you will understand. In other words, we're not here to judge one another. We're not here to pick on one another. We're here to wash one another's feet. Amen. Amen. And so he, he does this illustration of washing the disciples' feet. Then he says, a new commandment I give you. Amen. Which, which isn't really new. At all. It's really, but it is. And he's a new commandment, not a new suggestion. John 13, 34 and 35 says it this way. A new commandment I give you that you should love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. That's powerful. You know, I, I, I love it when people come to this church because they really, you know, we get reports back that they really experience the love that's in this church. I just thank God that we don't have a lot of cliques in this church. I, I just thank God that there's real people in this church that love God and love each other. Amen. And so and we get that. And uh, I remember we had a visitor that came in. And uh, at the end of the service, he was talking to one of the, the ushers and he said, is it for real? And the usher said, what are you talking about? He said, is this place for real? <laughs> I guess he's used to going to a church where they bite, backbite, you know, like sheep bite. And, <laughs> and the, the shepherd has a staff and he smacks the sheep on the head with it. <laughs> right. I don't know if that's the church that they're used to going to. But this guy was used to going to. But he said, is it, is it, is it true? I mean, is this true? And the usher said, what? The love that you guys have here, is it real? <laughs> is it for real? 
what, what, have, what have you guys been smoking? I want to know. Why do you guys have some? Why do you guys seem to get along? Can't we all just get along? As one person said. But anyway, as he sued the pants off somebody else and made a lot of money. Can't we all just get along? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? We can. But it's going to take God for us to get along. Amen. I don't know. Sometimes I'm praying. I, I love God, but sometimes people get on my nerves. Amen. I could spend a, a, a half day worshiping God. Oh, I love you, God. But I get in that traffic and I'm about ready to belt somebody. Anybody out there like that? Okay, you know my pet peeve. I can't stand somebody putting their high beams behind me and driving with high Anybody ever deal with that? Or you guys are in trucks so high that you never... You never I mean, I'm in my Toyota, you know, the Toyota and those lights. And we, I, had a, I had somebody coming my way, you know, on a, and they had their high beams. I'm thinking, what's wrong with these people? And so what did I did? I, I failed the love test. I put my high beams on. Click! Click, 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 click. Wake up! Is anybody like that out there like me? Or have you guys passed the love test? You don't, you don't do those kind of things. But, but you know, when you do... See, see hopefully they didn't see my like, Sea Life Church sticker, you know, from the back, you know. If you're going to do those things, just remove your sticker, okay? All right. Let's continue here. <laughs> Amen. I, God still... How many people are still a work in progress in here? I mean, how many people have arrived... Okay, good. Then, then, then I'm in the right crowd today. We haven't arrived yet. We're still pressing into those things. And uh, praise the Lord. So a new commandment, not a new suggestion, that what? what that, that you love one another as I have loved you. Now, we've got to think about this. Jesus' love was awesome love because Jesus, you know, man, th- th- this guy, he, he laid down his life for us. He said there's no greater love than to lay down your life for your friends. He said, there's no greater love than that to give your life up for somebody else. That's great love. Amen. And, and Jesus is saying to, uh, to us, he wants us walking in that kind of love because he gave his life up for the church. I want to say this, that if, if you are trying to have, you know, produce love in your life or if you are walking in the love of God, you should love chur- the church. Thank you for those amens. You should love church. You should have a heart for the church. I'm not just talking about the building that we meet in, even though this is a beautiful facility. I'm talking about loving people in the church. And we should have a love for that. That's an asset test to see if you're really walking in the love of God. Are you involved in church? Are you coming to church? Are you walking in love towards the body of believers? Amen. Let's look at this. So Jesus talks about a new commandment. Now let's talk about the greatest commandment. And that's in, in Matthew 22, 36 to 37. And um, you can turn there. You can listen up. Praise the Lord. They're still throwing the scriptures on up there. They are, okay. Maybe I should wait until the scripture comes up. Amen. And uh, Matthew 22, 36 through 37. Glory. <laughs> All right. Okay, we're going to keep moving. Amen. <laughs> Did I tell you love is patient? Amen. You know what the Lord revealed to me? 
Uh, because I because this year I made a declaration that I'm going to walk in more peace. And for some reason, I haven't been walking in the peace. And I, right. Be careful with your declarations, because it seems like there's every roadblock's been thrown in because we're, we're doing some work at our house. And I'm like, my God, I'm like, Lord, why? You know, and the Lord said, you need if you walk in patience, you're going to have peace. Do you know that? If you walk in patience, you're going to have peace. And we just, we need to be a little bit more patient. Amen. Yes. Amen. So let's, where's that scripture at? Matthew 22, 36 and 37. It says here, uh, teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Amen. Jesus said to him, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. Amen. And the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the law of the prophets. So, so the greatest commandment is, is loving God. And a lot of people, understand, you know, they, they know, they can love God. People say they love God. But if you're not loving people, you're not truly loving God. Let me, let me put it this way. Jesus is the, you know, you can say Jesus you know, the person of Jesus is Jesus up in heaven. Amen. You know, and he has his body. But, you know, we are the body of Christ. And so you could actually say that to love Jesus is to love the body of Christ. So if we're not loving the body of Christ, then our love of Jesus may not be too strong. Is that true? Amen. So when we, when we love each other in spite of our weaknesses, in spite of our shortcomings, in spite of our differences, when we love people that's in the body, we're loving Jesus. Can I, can I get even to the next level? When you do something nice for somebody in the body, you're doing something nice for Jesus. Amen. Really? So even when you're doing something nice for even, a, uh, you know, it was like, and, and we got to be very careful. Some of us are really, we have time constraints. We run our day on tight schedules. And, uh, but we need to be very careful that we're not, that our schedule is so tight that we don't have the, that we, we cut out any ability to minister to anybody. Uh, there's some amens there. Uh, in other words, we're busy people, but don't ever get too busy where you can't lend a helping hand to somebody else. Don't get too busy where you can't say, you know, where, where, you, where you, you don't have. You should always put the God factor in your time schedule. Amen. Even if it's saying something nice to somebody. You see, the, the three ways that we walk in love is through our, our thinking our speaking, and our actions. Those are the three ways. And so if, if, listen, you can say you love somebody, but if you're thinking bad about them, oh, I love you, brother, you little rat, think, you, you know, you think of that in your mind, you're not really loving that. That's called hypocritical love. So, so you got to think right about people. In other words, love thinks no evil. And so if we have evil, what, Pastor, what's evil? You know, it's true. They're, they're, they're a skunk, you know. But listen, if, if it's not lovely, then you won't want to think on those things. Amen. Amen. We want to think on what's lovely. Amen. I'm going to say this to you today. You have the ability 
to love like Jesus. Thank you for those amens. You have that ability. You have that capacity to love like Jesus. And you said, no way, I'm not divine. In a sense, you are. You have, di- you have the divine God inside of you. Amen. You have Jesus. On, in a sense, you have partaken of the divine nature, as Peter said. Amen. So you have a divine nature. Yes. And your nature, listen, there's nobody arguing in heaven. Amen. When you get to heaven, you're not going to say, your castle's bigger than, bigger than my castle. What happened? You know, there's nobody arguing in heaven. Why? Because, because everybody's walking in the fruit of the Spirit in heaven. Amen. There's no flesh in heaven. Amen. There's no argument. Thank God for that. Amen. Thank God there's not going to be... And listen, I, you know, heaven is so great, you'll never lose your patience in heaven. Because there's no time. You got all that. Have you ever thought about that? In heaven, you can never lose your patience. Why? Because it's eternity. It could take you, you know, our time, a thousand years to get to the next block. But to you, it's there's no time. You're not fighting against the clock. Have you ever find out when you have you ever realized when you lose your patience? Because a lot of times you're fighting against the clock or time. Have you ever noticed that? But in heaven, you will never lose your patience. Amen. How many people want to go now? Okay, we won't. (laughs) Romans. Romans 5, 5. Let's look at this. Because I'm talking to you about partaking of the divine nature and walking in the God kind of love. Romans 5.5 5 says it this way. Now, hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit that has been given to us. So, when you get saved, you know, you have the love of God shed abroad in your heart. In other words, you have love, the capacity to love like Jesus. And that's poured out into your heart. Your spirit, man, and when you walk in the spirit, you want to walk in love. You, you have a desire to walk in love and fellowship with God, love and fellowship with other believers. Amen. When you're walking in the spirit, you're going to be a peacemaker. Amen. You're not going to want to, to harbor ill will or bitterness towards people. And you don't want them harboring ill will, bitterness towards you. Amen. You, you know. You know, it, it, it should bother us if somebody is bothered about us. Amen. In other words, the Bible says it this way. Jesus actually says it this way. If, if there's some, if you got a problem, if somebody has a problem with you, it actually puts it this way. If somebody has a problem with you and you come down to the altar and you bring your gift to the altar, uh, Jesus said, don't even bring the gift yet until you get it right with that brother and sister. Then you bring your gift. What, what does that tell me? Well, well, that's telling me if you bring your gift and you got, you got some issues with other people, your gift may not be that blessed. Because God wants to bless us. Right? He wants to bless what we give Him. And so He wants to, be, he wants the perfect blessing on us and the perfect blessing on what we give Him. But if we give God saying, oh God, basically you're saying you're in fellowship with God. And you're out of fellowship or somebody's out of fellowship with you. You're not really in true fellowship with God. Okay. All right, man. Pastor, I didn't think you were going to go this way today, you know. Amen. Listen, we, you know, you can say, well, I got no problem. Listen, you need to be a peacemaker. You, you, sometimes you need to just apologize even if it's not your fault. Amen. 
What, Pastor? That, that'd be lying. <laughs> Thou shalt not lie, Pastor. We know it was that skunk. It was all their fault. It was, it was that woman you gave me. God, it was all her fault. No, Adam had some problems, too. That lazy Adam should have been cultivating the garden. should have kicked that snake out of the garden. Adam had some issues. But we want to play the blame game, don't we? We want to blame everybody else. Why is it so hard for us to look at our own problems? Why is it so easy to pick out everybody else's problems? That's right. Some people, thank you very much, some people don't, won't even apologize for nothing. You know anybody like that? They just, they're, they're the know-it-alls. They, they're the ones that never get it wrong. They won't apologize. Have you ever, sometimes, listen, you're going to, listen, you're going to have to forgive even if they don't ask for forgiveness. Even if they don't say they're sorry. They owe me an apology. Well, listen, God gave you his grace. He gave you his son. He gave you eternal life. And he's overlooking your weaknesses. Pastor, I don't have any weaknesses. There's your weakness right there. You need to come down to the altar because that's, that's pride. And the middle letter of pride is I. Right? It's always how it affects you. People that are angry with other people, it's how it affects you. Right? And so we need, we need to work on that. Now, 1 Corinthians 13. Now, now, I want to talk to you a little bit about the agape love of God. And, uh, you know, you, you have three types of love. You have, uh, you, you know, you have natural love, which is phileo, which is a friendship kind of, it's a friendship love. And then you have eros, which is a romantic love. Amen. And then you have the highest kind of love, which is agape love. And that's the God kind of love. And so Paul talks about that. And I really think, and, I, and when, you, when you read some of Paul's writings, you knew that, you, you knew that Paul was a, he was a type A personality. He liked to get the job done. And, but you could tell that Paul had some issues with anger issues at times. Yes. What, is there anybody? Yeah. Paul was just a man called by God. He wasn't divine. Amen. And he did have the divine nature in him. But we all have the ability uh, uh, to, to walk in selfishness, to walk in these things that we don't want to walk in. Now, look, let's look at 1 Corinthians 13, and let's look at uh, verses 1 through 5 and 7 through 8. It says here, and this is Paul, If I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but do not have love, I have become a noisy gong and a clanging cymbal. And then he says, If I have the gift of prophecy and know all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have all faith as to remove mountains... But do not have love, I am nothing. Think about that. And if I give all my possessions to feed the poor, if I surrender my body to be burned, but do not have love, it profits me nothing. Think about that. So what is he saying here? Well, in, in chapter 12 of Corinthians, he was talking about all the gifts of the Spirit. And he was talking about that God gives the gifts. But I'm going to say again, love is downloaded into us. That's a gift. But we have to cultivate it as well in our lives. And here he's saying here that if you have the ability to speak with uh, tongues of angels, but, but you're speaking, but it's not motivated by love, then it's not going to gain anything um, in the blessing field, if I may. 
In other words, we have to be motivated by love in all our actions. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? The, the Bible actually says it this way. Faith worketh by love. So that's why we have to always be um, evaluate, uh, evaluating what we're doing and why we're doing it. Amen. You have to evaluate, okay, what are you doing and why are you doing it? Mm-hmm. And, and, and if you're, you know, what, you're, what are you doing? We need to evaluate. In other words, we need to evaluate our motives. You know, some, you know, some of you want to get answered prayer, but, but James says that your prayers won't be answered if you have wrong motives. If, you're, if your motives are wrong. Oh, you hear what I'm saying today? Your motives have to be, have to be uh, fortified by love. Amen? And so let's look at this. Now, this is the agape uh, kind of love, and it's a great definition. And I want to encourage you to, if you're having problems in walking in love, to, to meditate on the love. I call this the love chapter, and uh, verses 4 through 8, and get the Amplified and meditate on it and start speaking it and start walk. You know, that's how you, how you start to walk out something. You meditate on the Word of God until it becomes a reality in your life. Amen? Don't, don't identify that you're Irish and that's why you get mad that, real easy. Or that you're, 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 you know, you're of a certain persuasion or ethnicity and your ethnicity is the ones that get mad. Are you hearing what I'm saying today? No, no, no. You have a new bloodline. You're a new creation in Christ. Old things are passed away. All things become new. And you can overcome anger issues. Amen. You can overcome being short-tempered. You can overcome that. Amen. It's because it's the love of God, the Bible says, constrains us. Have you ever been constrained before? You could have said something, but you held your tongue. The hardest thing to do, especially if somebody's doing something wrong against you, is to hold your tongue. That's one of the hardest things to do, is to keep your tongue, is to hold your tongue. Amen? Amen. Glory to God. Sometimes you just got to bite your lip. And that's hard. Is that hard? It can be if you're in the flesh. But if you're in the Spirit, you can, and you're walking in the Spirit, the Holy Spirit can even reveal to you why that person's acting so nasty. Have you ever had the Holy Spirit revealed to you, you, know, you, but you didn't walk out of love, you stayed in love? I'm telling you, you're going to get more with honey than vinegar. Yeah, I mean, you can throw a lot of vinegar around. Ah, bless God, I'm going to get my way. But you're going to get more with honey. You're going to draw more with honey Anybody ever heard that before? That, that's out of the book, How to Win Friends and Influence in No, How to Win Friends and Influence... How to Win Friends... How, to, how does this go? Influence People, that's it. Amen. Great book. I want to encourage you to read that book. It's a great book. So let, look at this. Love is patient. And love is kind. So this is a description of love. So, when, so being patient, you can be patient, but you need to be kind while you're waiting. Because you can stew waiting. Have you ever been there? Like, my, why don't they get another teller? Why don't they get another person? To, 
what's wrong with these people? There's one, one teller and 50 customers. Have you, ever, have you ever been there? Anybody in a hurry when you go to the store? Don't get in a hurry when you go to the store. Because if you're in a hurry when you go to the store, guess what? You're going to be in the longest line. <laughs> it always happens. If you go in a store and you've got hours to spend, there's no lines. Why? Because, it, because, you're, because the enemy wants you to be a nasty person. Amen. The enemy wants you acting like him. Amen. You don't want to act like the other guy. Amen. You, does anybody know what I'm talking about? Yes. And sometimes we can act like the other guy. Amen. I don't want to act like the other guy. I want to act like Jesus. Yes, and even Jesus at times would say, how long must I be with you? And you know, he was walking in love. How long must I be with this unbelieving generation? You know? Hallelujah. Can I say, is that okay, Lord? Can I say that? Okay. <laughs> love is patient. Love is kind. So love is kind while waiting patiently. Love is not jealous. This is a good one. Sometimes we don't realize that we're jealous of other people. Amen. I used to look at ministers that had all this stuff and I said, I, I was jealous of them, man. And I was like, man, I want what they got. Amen. And we got to be very careful. The Bible says don't compare yourself with other people. Everybody has their own gifts. Everybody has their own, you know, blessings. Amen. So don't compare yourself. You got to be very careful not to compare yourself with other people. See, the, the devil will try to show you somebody that looks like they're prospering. They don't go to church. They're backslidden. <laughs> they, they go boating every Sunday morning. And they're coming out waxing their boat while you're going to church. And the devil always says, see, see, going, serving God doesn't really help that much. Has anybody, did the devil ever do that to you? I mean, I'm driving to church and I'm seeing people wax their boats. And I'm thinking, God, you know, when, when is my time? You know, your time's in church. We're getting ready for heaven. Praise the Lord. Amen. These people may not have nothing. They may be, they may be even saved, not going to church, not serving God. But, you know, they're, they're going to they're, they're gonna lose somewhere. Amen. And I, I would have to say they're going to lose probably some rewards in heaven. Mm-hmm. And eternity is a long time. And I want all the rewards I can get. Amen. And I want all the blessings in heaven. This life is just a vapor. So don't look at this vapor life and focus so much on this vapor life that you're not having as much fun as you think you should. Thank you for those amens and the oh me's and oh my's. God can get, make it fun for you. God can make the most mundane things fun. I, my, my wife bought me a, um, a, a bird feeder. I love birds. I'm, I'm a bird. Any, any bird watchers in here? Okay, we got some bird watchers. I just love watching birds, you know. And, you know, Jesus talks about the birds. Amen. How God feeds the birds, He'll take care of us, right? And so, and so, I love watching birds. And so, so my, my wife has that feeder on there. And so, I, ha- I had another test of love, another test of love. A squirrel climbed up and started eating the seeds. And I said, I need to buy a BB gun. You know, I had to open the window. Get out! Get out! You're eating the seeds. You're eating the seeds. These are for my birds. And a pretty blue bird came down and that rascal that squirrel scared my bluebird away one of the prettiest bluebirds and there was a red robin it was a beautiful red robin and he flew away too and I got this ugly squirrel anybody know what I'm talking about anybody, anybody have a bird feeder well, these, that squirrel was climbing it up 
and getting fat, fat, fat on our, on our bird seed. My love walk. I said to Yen, I said, we need to buy a BB gun. We need to get a BB gun. I, I'm serious. Now, I, now I'm not going to hurt them. I, I, I don't want to hurt. I don't want to kill the little thing. All right. I do. You know, I don't want PETA on me. All right. PETA. <laughs> you know, I, I don't want to hurt. Are you hear what I'm saying today? But I want to at least scare them a little bit. I thought about a slingshot first, you know, with a marble in it. Just just kind of bounce it off his thick skull. So he would think about it next time. Then I thought about maybe uh, doing some kind of electro, electric. <laughs> All these things started going through my mind. <laughs> anybody? Know? Anybody? So you got to be patient with animals. I mean, my mom, my, 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 my brother and my sister-in-law came down and their dog didn't like my mom. You know, started barking at my mom. I said, mom, it just has a devil. We just need to cast it out of that dog. <laughs> It just has issues. The dog has some issues. He needs to be exercised. Not 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 exercise, but exercise. Okay, you know what I'm talking about. So anyway, let me get back to my message before I mess it up. So love, amen, uh, love does not brag and is not arrogant. It does not act unbecomely, it does not seek its own. Is not provoked, does not take an account of a wrong suffered. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Underline that. Somebody underline that. Because some of you are at a point, I don't think I can take it anymore. You can take it. It endures all things. I can endure the squirrel coming and eating all that stuff. Amen. I can endure it just for a little while. Until things change, amen? Love endures all things, and love never fails. Listen, when you're walking in the love of God, you will never fail. In other words, when you're walking in love, you are in the winner's circle. You win every time you walk in love. Every time you walk out of love, you're losing. Amen? And And so the key ingredient to this agape love of God is compassion. That is the key ingredient. I started meditating on this. And compassion is a feeling of deep sympathy and sorrow for another who is stricken by misfortune, accompanied by a strong desire to, to alleviate the sufferer. In other words, you have such compassion for somebody that's hurting, you want to help them. That's what compassion is. That's what, that's what Jesus walked in, compassion. And, and that's what caused him to walk in miracles. Because compassion moved him to do miracles. And when we start walking in compassion to other people, we're going to see miracles in our lives. Do you believe that today? Amen. Compassion is that deep sympathy of sorrow for another. Amen. The Apostle Paul shows us how pain, this is how, do you want to know how to walk in more compassion today? I'm going to give you two keys before we close out on how to walk in compassion. You probably don't want to hear these keys this morning, but two keys to, to walk in compassion. The number one key is that you're going to have to experience some pain. Can I say that again? If you're going to walk in, see people that, see some, unfortunately, you know, people that are wealthy, that have everything in their hands and they, and they can get anything. And it's, a lot of times, 
I don't want to judge people like that, but a lot of times because they don't they don't experience a lot of pain, it's hard for them to be compassionate. The less pain you experience, the less compassionate you're going to be. Would you agree with that? Because pain and suffering puts us in a place where we can feel other people's pain and suffering. But if we never deal with any pain and suffering, it's hard. You know, it's like, <laughs> listen, when I didn't really realize and understood, and this was years ago, I didn't understand the pain of losing somebody until I lost my father a couple weeks ago. Um, I didn't understand that because I didn't really lose anybody that was really close to me. And so when that person came to me and I found out that they lost their best friend, I just said, hey, just have faith. Walk in love. They're in heaven. I had no idea that that was the wrong thing to say. Because it was coming off kind of cocky and arrogant. But I was like, because I haven't experienced that pain of loss. But once you experience the pain of loss, you can, that that compassion, because God will roll in in your life and he will bring in the peace in your life that you thought you could never walk in when you lose somebody. And right here in 2 Corinthians, uh, let's look at this. In verse 1, or chapter 1, verse 3 and 4, it says it this way. May the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ be blessed. He is compassionate Father and a God of all comfort. He is the one who comforts us in all our trouble so that we can comfort other people who are, who are in every kind of trouble. We offer the same comfort that we ourselves receive from God. So what is Paul saying here? Paul is saying that when we go through a trial, God's going to give us supernatural peace in that trial if we allow him to. He's going to, he's going to, he's going to download some joy in our misery. If we, and when we, when we go through something and we understand the pain of it, then we can relate to somebody else that's going through that thing and we can be a blessing to them as we relate the goodness of God that brought us through it, can bring them through it. Amen. And that's one way we learn to walk in compassion when we encounter issues and problems in our lives. Amen? Amen. A- another way is we got to get a revelation that God is a God of love and He's a God of mercy. If your makeup and your understanding of God is that He's a judgment, he's a judgment God, He's a critical God, if that's the God you're serving, you're going to be the same way. And so you have to understand that God's not judgmental and he's not critical. He's loving and kind and he's benevolent. Exodus 34, 5 through 6 says it this way. It says here, Then the Lord descended as a cloud and stood there with Moses as he proclaimed uh, the name of the Lord. And the Lord passed by in front of him and proclaimed the Lord, the Lord God, compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, and abounding in loving kindness, and in truth and faithfulness. So here in Exodus, this is interesting. God revealed himself to Moses one other time in a, in a really, in a great way. It was in the chapter right before this chapter. And, and Moses said to God, I want to see your glory. I don't know if you remember this. But then God said, you, you can't see my face, but I'm going to pass by you and my goodness will pass by you. But I will put you in the cleft of the rock. And so I put, pretty much God put it. So, so, God, so Moses couldn't see 
God's face, but he could see his goodness passing by. And then, then the Lord said, that, you know, he said, then in that, in that verse of talking about his goodness, it said, God will show compassion who he will show compassion to, and God will show mercy to who he will show mercy to. I'm going to say this to you today. God is trying to show mercy and love to the whole world. And God demonstrated his mercy and love through the cross of Jesus Christ. Amen. Through that cross, he was demonstrating to the whole world, I, I'm, having, I'm giving you my compassion and I'm giving you my love. Now this right here, that God revealed himself again in a cloud. Think about this. And this was after Moses broke the tablets. See, see Moses went up for 40 days and he, and, he, and he went up to get the Ten Commandments. And he came back, and guess what the people were doing? They were worshiping a golden calf. They were, they were, they were committing idolatry. They were, they were doing all these fleshy things. And what did Moses do? He broke the commandments. He slammed them down and said, you, ah, he got upset about it. And then he had them burn their calf and he made them swallow the gold. Think about that. Moses, you think Moses had some, might have had some issues with anger? What do you think? You think he might have? And so he comes back up and got in and he comes back up to the mountain and, 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 and he, he gets these stones and, and God's going to rewrite the Ten Commandments back on the stones. And, but before he does that, God appears to, to Moses in a cloud and he appears to him in front of Moses and the Lord proclaims himself as the compassionate, gracious, gracious slow to anger and abounding in love and kindness and truth, God. After the people messed up so bad. And even after Moses broke the Ten Commandments. Oh, you hear what I'm saying? And God says, we're going to do it again. We're going to write the Ten Commandments again. But I want to reveal to you, I am a compassionate God. I am a loving God. I, I, I show grace to people. Think about that. He's a gracious, loving, merciful God. Hallelujah. Amen. And we need to get that revelation of that. And we need to be loving and merciful as well. You know, you know and this is the way we're going to do this is to be loving kindness. The second point is that we got to think about God's goodness to us. We got to think about, man, we're not getting what we deserve. Because if we got what we deserved, we would get hell. But we're not getting what we deserve. We're getting grace. We're getting God's blessings. We're getting the blessings of Abraham through the blood of Jesus. We need to start thinking about that. We need to start thinking about that when people are getting on our nerves and people are doing the wrong things and people are cursing and people are doing things around us that, you know, it, it vexes us. Yes. But, but you know what? We need to pray for these people because if it wasn't for Jesus, we would be just like them. Amen. And we need to pray and we need to have compassion on the unlovely. We need to have compassion on people. And it's the compassion. I'm telling you. It's compassion when Jesus, when he was ministry, he was with his, his crew, he was with his disciples and they took that lady and they threw that lady in front of Jesus and they said, we caught her in the act of adultery and the law says stone her. What do you say, Jesus? And Jesus, you know, he's that man, mercy and love. 
Mercy, he bends down, he writes down <laughs> on, the, on the ground. What he did was he, he waited on the Lord to give him an answer. Amen. He didn't move out and just speak. He just waited on the Lord. And then he got up and he says, and they said, the, the law says stone her. What do you say, Jesus? Because Jesus was talking about loving your enemies. He's talking about walking in love, you know, and... and, 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 and and so, so what happened was that, that Jesus said, you know what Jesus said, he who has, uh, he has not sinned, you know, cast the first stone. He who has no sin cast the first stone. Jesus used the law against them. In other words, if one person took that stone and stoned her, he would be stoned too because he would be calling himself perfect. Are you hear what I'm saying to you? None of us are perfect. Amen. None of us are flawless. None of us are, are perfect like Jesus. Jesus had the right to stone this lady. And Jesus picks her up and says, I neither condemn you. Go sin no more. That's the compassion of our God. That's the love of our God. That's the mercy of our God. When we're out there doing the wrong things and we find ourselves in a pig pen and we find ourselves in a bad situation, and we come to ourselves when we go like Jesus talks about the father the father did not condemn the son the father ran to the son embraced the son put a robe of righteousness on him put shoes on his feet gave him a ring of authority are you hearing what I'm saying to you today one step towards God is God making two steps back towards you his mercy is for each one of us. And we need to be merciful people like God. We need to understand what God has done for us and never forget that where we came from. We should never forget. And when you get a revelation of that, you're going to walk in the compassion. You're going to walk in the mercy. You're going to walk in the love of God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you today and we thank you, Father God. Oh, that you want us walking in that agape love of God. and. I thank you, Father God, that you are so good to each one of us. And perhaps you're here today. Maybe you're not on that straight and narrow path. And maybe you veered off course. And maybe you're watching today online. And, and you know you need to get back. Maybe there's some issues you're having with other people. Well, you, well you're going to need it. You need to get it right. You need to get it right. Maybe you have an issue with God. Maybe you're upset with God because, you don't, because something went down. You don't understand why it went down the way it went down. Then you need, you need to talk to God. You need to get right with God. Listen, if you're not in a right relationship with God and you know it, I want you to pray this prayer after me and mean in your heart. I want you to move forward in God today. Say this after me and mean in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe. You were raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. Thank you for saving me. And Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org. 